0: Are you suffering from COVID somnia as the pandemic impacted your sleep quality? And what is it doing to your mental health to help us understand the importance of sleep and how to improve our quality of sleep? We're joined this morning by Charles Samuels, Medical Director of the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. Good morning to you, Charles. How are you? Good. Thank you for getting up early with us.
1: <laughs> <at sleep laughs> My pleasure.
0: Uh, let, let's talk about this, you know, and I, and I guess yeah. whereas we can talk about, you know, stressors in our lives impacting our sleep. Uh, Have you seen it even more so over the past two years because of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, there's actually been an interesting trajectory over the two years. So when I would do these interviews, uh, you know, in the first three months of COVID because it was quite a stressor for people, um, what was happening as people started to transition into staying at home to Things would happen. One, either the stress of the pandemic and the unknown would actually cause insomnia, which they're now calling COVID somnia um, or some people actually did better because they eliminated their you know hour to two hour commute every day, and they were able to sleep more. Which is actually the major problem in North America. We simply just don't get enough sleep, and one of the major barriers is the uh, commute, and the other is technology.
0: It's interesting, Dr. Samuels, in that, like, it's very similar in in many different sections of the pandemic, how some people have done better financially, whereas other people are really struggling. Back to that first example you gave, though, about, you know, yeah, maybe some people doing better off of sleep. The cycle or the circle in the sense that if the pandemic has increased stress levels and anxiety and it has impacted my sleep quality, Mm -hmm. I'm now sleep deprived and my mental health is suffering. So how, how do we break that cycle?
1: Well, that's actually a really good question and a very topical one. I actually last night gave a talk about this very relationship to family doctors because it's important. They're seeing it a lot. And so the the relationship uh, in particular is one of insomnia and it's linked to depression and anxiety. And so it's really important for people to know that um, disrupted sleep in and of itself can actually lead to depression or in an individual whose depression is well managed, can actually um, make it worse. So that's important. When it comes to anxiety, individuals who are struggling with anxiety, which of course is tremendously common now, Mm. um, this can lead to insomnia. And as you say, breaking the cycle isn't easy. But what we're educating family doctors to do is to not sort of ignore the insomnia, but actually address it. And we have um, a variety of methods other than medications yeah. uh, for doing that, but also medication when necessary.
0: It gets to that point. I mean, you know, we all need our sleep. Let's yeah. uh, let's talk about you know a, a term that I and I love is called sleep <laughs> hygiene, and it doesn't mean yeah. you're necessarily scrubbing down from head to toe before you hop in <laughs> bed. What, what are some of the sleep hygiene tips? And I think Dr. Samuels kind of touched on it when you mentioned technology earlier as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, so that's sort of the basics that we'll discuss with patients. In other words, keeping the the most important part of sleep hygiene is maintaining a routine, which many people don't do. So really sticking to a sleep routine helps the brain regulate sleep, um, picking a bedtime and a wake time, and staying within an hour window of those either side. And then if you're struggling to either fall asleep or stay asleep or both, learning techniques, which we would say meditative breathing to reduce the anxiety level and allow the brain to actually take over and get you to sleep. Sleep hygiene in particular addresses all the things that we do in our life that make sleep worse. So nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, not to eliminate them, but to simply modify your use of those things. Um, And then also when to exercise, getting more exercise, um, uh, you know, not eating right before dinner, uh, before sleep, sorry. Um, those are all sort of sleep hygiene elements that we talk to patients about that seem simple, but most people actually don't do.
0: Uh, Dr. Samuels, we're not having a you know question period here for you, but I do have a question for you that was sent in, and it says, I wake up a lot <laughs> during the night. Is yeah. this normal, and does anyone, anyone ever sleep a full eight hours?
1: Um, so I would argue that now, um, in this last two years, many people are struggling with staying asleep. So it's not abnormal, but it's um, it's disruptive to the continuity and the quality of your sleep and um, getting it stable so those awakenings are less than 15 minutes and you can get back to sleep is the goal. Many people do sleep right through the night. Um, so, But neither is abnormal. Mm. Um, what it is is that the most important thing is how people feel during the day. So I kind of don't care about their sleep. I care about how they're functioning during the day. And that's what we focus on. If they're doing well, that's good. We don't overplay the sleep issue. If they're not doing well during the day, we dig in and start helping them with their uh, sleep issues. And we have a whole behavioral sleep medicine program at the center to deal with that.
0: You, you, you know, you're you referencing the medicine, Dr. Samuels. I'm wondering, because it seems like there's a lot of natural or holistic items out there whether it be maybe a a melatonin or or teas for example Mm -hmm. but but before Mm -hmm. i see a professional could i try any of these or are they endorsed or do you think they're effective
1: yeah so our general you know our general statement is over-the-counter medication for sleep is an indication you really should be bringing up the sleep issue with your um, primary care provider Mm -hmm. so that's really what we would say and when we're teaching family doctors we don't recommend the use of over-the-counter um sleep aids so we often are asked about melatonin melatonin actually isn't designed it doesn't work to help uh insomnia it is used in what we call circadian rhythm disorders like shift work uh, and night owls like teenagers who are night owls mm-hmm. less so as a drug for insomnia um, and again people are taking doses that far in excess of what's needed so we don't recommend doses of melatonin over three milligrams. Uh, many people are taking 30 milligrams. Uh, and uh, so that would be really the general advice we would give.
0: Question for you, Dr. Samuels. Of course, you're the mm-hmm. medical director of the Center for Sleep and Human Performance. Is this the kind of thing that, you know, somebody could you know hop online and, and inquire about, or is it best to talk to your family physician first to get a, refu- uh, a referral to a sleep specialist?
1: So it's either. Um, um, if they go to our website, which is just typing in the Center for Sleep and Human Performance here in Calgary, they can actually refer themselves or they can bring it up with their family doctor if they want to. Um, and people do both.
0: Good stuff. We appreciate your time this morning. And, uh, you know, here's to a restful night's sleep for all of us. I think we could all use it. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. You Charles.
1: Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: This is Charles Samuels, Medical Director of the Center for Sleep and Human Performance.